at a quarterback from the transfer portal? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We greatly appreciate it. Also appreciate you guys continuing to subscribe to our show. Helping us reach over 650 subscribers means a lot to us here at Locked On Utes. Make sure you guys give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Utes, as well as me at JT Wistersill. And my name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down the transfer portal if Utah should be pursuing QBs. But first, I want to tell you guys about the title sponsor of today's episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for odds, lines, and bet on games bet online as you covered the season more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and in order to help talk with me about the fun doozy that always is the transfer portal is porter larson porter appreciate you joining us as always and porter the portal is an interesting game for the Utes because if you look at the last couple of years you could look at jake bentley uh shout out jake bentley by the way no, uh, new now college head coach jake bentley uh quarterback coach alabama yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, oh man, I'm just blanked on the former Baylor, Charlie Brewer. And then Charlie Brewer, of course, didn't work at all. But so Utah could be like, ah, no, no, Utah fans might be like, no transfer quarterbacks. But Cam Rising was a transfer. He just sat in for a little bit. And another big time quarterback transfer that I know he's not a quarterback anymore, but Jaquindon Jackson really paid the dividends to this team. So I think there's, look, I expect Cam to leave. So that's the reason we're talking about this. And it, look, if you look at it, Nate Johnson, you're getting a couple other high recruits in there as well. Bryson Barnes has done a lot of good things. Personally, I do think it's worth kicking it around on the tires and seeing if you can get a guy, even if it is like a DJ, as I probably butchered his name. But when you look at a guy like DJ, I mean, I know he's had his struggles and up and downs, but there's no question between him and Nate Johnson right now who you would feel better about. Out going into next year to me just because of all the things dj has still done it's still hard to win win that many games in college football and i feel like in some ways he's been taken for granted so if a guy like that was available but it has to be that caliber to me where he's clearly better or you just really think you can get something out of him long term that's the only guy i really feel like it'd be worth kicking around the transfer quarterback tire yeah well at this point and in this landscape of college football right you have to at least yes. kick tires like you mentioned you you go into every offseason with those options open, whether it's it's high school quarterbacks, whether it's transfer quarterbacks, you have to fill that room. And not only that, you have to have guys ready to take snaps when, you know, maybe your starter goes down. You've got to have those Bryson Barnes. you got to have those yeah. guys right uh, in, in the quarterback room. So, yeah, I mean, you always kick the tires. You always see what's out there and, and, and go through uh, your – your options. You mentioned Cam Rising is a transfer. I mean, just look at this Utah team that, that are back-to-back yeah. Pac-12 champs. Cam Rising, Tavion Thomas, Gabe Reed, uh-huh. Odiabate. Uh, you go down the list, right? There's a lot of transfers. Kyle Whittingham's done a good job of, of really using that transfer portal to his benefit and and doing so without uh, with a good balance, right? Not going all in, not necessarily uh, – getting your whole roster or, or yep. trying to lean on the portal, you're still getting good recruiting classes. You're still, as we're seeing yeah. this week, you're, you're getting uh, good local recruits. Uh, but that being said, when you want to reload rather than rebuild, when you want to go back to back and compete for a conference title year in, year out, you can't have those 
you know, those years where you have the, the, the valleys, you, you got to try and keep it, uh, keep it above board. And yeah, you, you do. If Cam Rising does uh, leave for the pros, which that decision might go all the way up to January 15th. Right. So True. if, if you're going to wait for Cam, you may have to have a plan B and that may be looking at someone in the transfer portal. You mentioned DJ. Um, they, there's quite a few guys in the portal right now, right? Because I mean, there always are. <laughs> a thousand plus total. Yes. Uh, I think there's close to 100 quarterbacks uh-huh. in the transfer portal right now. So you can you can look at a bunch of names. Uh, Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky, oh, a yeah. guy who uh, has a lot of production, but not at the P5 level, of course. Mm-hmm. Devin Leary. Uh, a guy out of NC State that has a lot of production as well. For me, if I'm looking at transfer quarterbacks, if I'm Kyle Whittingham, if I'm Andy Ludwig, they have to have proven success yeah. at, the, at the Division One level. They have to have a lot of reps. They have to have a lot of uh, things that you like as well, right, that, that work in your offense and in the system you work with. Um, they can't just be a guy. They can't just be a, uh, a body that you bring in there. Now, it's got to be a right fit. Uh, because if you don't hit the portal, I do think that Utah has some guys in that room. You mentioned Nate Johnson, Bryson Barnes, even Brandon Rose, uh, yeah, a guy that they like a lot so far. So there's talent in that room, and the elephant in the room is that uh, Cam Rising hasn't made his decision yet. And I know, and and I know that a lot of people think that that's that's like his version of coach speak. No, Cam, I he was sitting right here <laughs> that's uh, a good earlier today. And I talked to him. He's very much uh, forthright and, and honest with it. He doesn't know yet. He's waiting on feedback. And that's feedback where, you know, I work a lot in, in the offseason with some of these guys with the NFL process, right, preparing for that. Yeah. And it, it's feedback that, that scouts are kind of mixed on right now, right? They they like Cam, uh, but want to see more. So it's going to be interesting to, to see – uh, what that feedback is and and what that return is from NFL scouts because for Cam, he's making a lot of money right now. <laughs> That's a good point. Exactly. So, so if if you can make as much money playing college football as you can as a practice squad quarterback, if yeah. there's a chance that you will go late round or or undrafted free agent, uh, maybe a, a really good chance that you stay and play another year, make all that money, and hopefully up your draft uh, up your draft stock in a draft that is lower on quarterbacks than this one is this year. That's such a great point. And I think it, you mentioned the quarterback money aspect of things too. Like I, I don't know Michael Penix, so I don't know, but I just don't know if in past years, if he stays if NIL isn't a thing and I don't know where his draft stock would have been. It's just something to consider, but you do make such a good point with cam because he does have the great moments against USC, but then he turned on that organ the second half he had. I know he wishes he could have some of those throws back in that situation. That's what teams are going to see, unfortunately. So for the sake of this game, let's say Cam does transfer. I mentioned that I really like DJ. How what would you think about if DJ was the starting court? If was DJ did come to Utah? Would you be a fan of that or would you be like, I like what we got here? Um, I mean, he he's more proven than any of those guys. His ceiling's probably higher than, yeah. than anyone outside of Cam, right? So that's that's it's not a bad option, but for me, I don't know how well it necessarily fits. Right, he is a dual threat guy, um, mm-hmm. but for Utah, I, I don't know that I necessarily have seen him do all of the things that that Andy Ludwig employs as far as that's his right. quarterback. Right, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would be fine with it because I've seen his potential, I've seen what he can do, yeah, and I know down. that Andy, yeah, I know that Andy and, and Kyle would be able to mold him into 
uh, a productive quarterback. But um, I, I don't know. I'd have to probably really see through the and dig yeah. through the the quarterbacks that are in this class. He's obviously the big name. I mentioned those two sure. other guys out of out of Western Kentucky and, and NC State. Uh, JT Daniels is in the in the portal. <laughs> Keaton Slovis is in the portal. Groundhog Day. There's a lot of guys that have, have produced at the at the Division One level that are that are available, um, but yeah, I think for Utah, it, it's number one based on on Cam's decision, and then number two, you know, you you've got to find a guy that fits your offense and fits your mold, and and can come in and do it seamlessly too, right? Because yes. you you want to if you're Utah, you're looking at the defense you have next year, you're looking at at the roster you have in 2023. You don't want to take a step back. You want to compete again in in that uh, that next season. So um, that would, I mean, DJ would be a great option if uh, if that is a is a possibility. Uh, but yeah, I think there's there's definitely some other guys to to look at because for Utah, you want something pretty specific. And you're right too. And they have to be the proven successful guy. If you are yeah. going to bring one of those guys in, because if you're not, why are you wasting your time on it? When you have so many talented players in your own room, they have to be at that certain level. And look, the transfer things happen so quickly too. I mean, DJ could have found a school by the time this episode comes out tomorrow. So that'll be yeah. the interesting thing to monitor and wait and see. And one thing we do know for the Utes is that this is a very talented quarterback conference right now in the PAC 12 in general, because Cam rising wasn't even first team all conference. And it wasn't like it was a snub because of the way Caleb Williams and Michael Penix played this year. We're going to talk about the first and second team all-conference selections for the Pac-12 in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline. Guys, BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. All college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA. It's a sport. You name it. You can get it in on the latest odds at BetOnline. They have every professional and amateur league out there. Also, no soccer's going on with the World Cup and everything there. You can even do esports at Bet Online. So, if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online too. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online where the game starts. So, Porter coming back into this one. It really feels like for the Utes when you're looking at those all conference selections for the Pac-12. I didn't feel like there was any glaring snub, anyone super egregious. I, some people have brought up um, Keaton Bills. This this is a really talented conference in terms of interior offensive linemen. It's the position that also gets super overlooked. And while I feel like you could definitely make an argument for Keaton being on there, would have been on mine too. I don't really feel like, ah, oh, that was a disservice not having him on there. And it's the same thing for me. I think the number one guy I really wanted to see on there was Cole Bishop. I Maybe he just didn't get the interception numbers enough on the season. And I do think some of the guys make it on there because of numbers, because it's hard to watch every single player just for the people who do decide these things. But I feel like Cole's impact was deserving of at least a second team nod to me. But who is your kind of glaring omission or anyone that really surprised you about this list? Same, same role. Um, Keaton Bills, Cole Bishop. Those are the two guys that I thought um, probably should have been first or second mm -hmm. team. Keaton, especially as the, the season rolled along, he was one yes. of the better offensive linemen in the country, uh, yep. not just the Pac-12, the country. So for him not to get uh, a first or second That's team terrible. nod, uh, you know, maybe it was a, a little bit of the, the slower start. Uh, maybe it was a little overshadow from Braden Daniels, who's a future pro. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I do think Keaton and, and Cole were deserve, deserving of it. But you mentioned uh, the the interior offensive lineman in this conference, kind of the same story as the quarterback, right? Cam Rising yeah. in any other year would have been a, a first no. and second team Pac-12 yeah. quarterback, but Caleb Williams is probably going to win the Heisman in a few days, and yep. Michael Penix Jr. led the country in passing. Mm -hmm. So that one, 
I don't really have much beef with. Uh, I, I do put a, a premium on winning, which Cam and, and the Utes have done better than yeah. anyone, anyone else. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have a, much beef with that. It, it really does come down to, as you mentioned, I think Keaton and Cole, uh, mainly, mainly uh, Keaton Bills for me, yeah. is, is guys who probably should have been on that first or second team. But uh, a lot of honorable mentions. You mentioned uh, RJ, Jonah, Devon, Cam yeah. Rising. Utah got a lot of guys on the list, mm-hmm. uh, including Lander Barton, who's the Pac-12 yes. defensive player of the year. So, you know, the winning obviously uh, gets the accolades, and, and the youths have them rolling in. But, uh, uh, yeah, outside of that, I, I don't see very many snubs, if you will. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, you mentioned Lander. It's just one of the things that is so exciting about this Utah football team is they're back-to-back Pac-12 champs. And now two years in a row, they've won the Pac-12 Freshman Defensive Player of the Year. It really shows you the position that Witt has this program in. And talking about what Lander did in his first year, that is, it's so hard to come in as an inside linebacker and then be able to play as much as he did, win one of those roles. And, I mean, he's got a couple, we know even as early on as the offseason, guys like Tabarachi end up transferring because they see, like, hey, that's what a guy like Lander Barton looks like and what it's going to take to start here. And I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to do that. I don't know Carson. So maybe he had a different reasons for transferring. I know a lot of people have speculated it's because of other things related to his situation, but either way, it's just a testament to Lander's work ethic that he came in. He improved on the season and he affected the game in so many ways too. He was a really strong blitzer in a lot of moments on the season too. And felt like he was able to clear up a lot of his tackling things that really plagued him early on in the season too. If you look at some of those games, like the Florida game in his very first start. And I mean, it doesn't, that was a good Florida offensive line too. When you're going to get some SEC offensive line. So it wasn't kind of a better, like welcome to college football moment too. But man, what a season for Lander. And I couldn't be more happy and fired up about his future too, as you as he is only a true freshman. Yeah. A true freshman at the linebacker position specifically don't usually see a lot of production there. And when you do, um, it's more, more the, the kind of thing we saw early from Lander, which was a lot of blitzing, right? He he was in on a lot of um, run specific plays or, or, or downs. And as the season wore along, you mentioned it, saw a lot of uh, a lot of progression in play recognition, in you know the the intricate schematic things that, that Utah does. That yeah, he did struggle with a little early. Uh, some of the yep. tackling stuff as well in the box, uh, but he really really came on as the season rolled along. And yeah, as a true freshman, you have to you have to be excited about what he's going to do in the future. But not a surprise to me. Um, yeah. If you saw Lander Barton play yeah. his senior year, I mean, he he was he Jim was Harbaugh ready. showed up to one of his games. <laughs> That's how bad yeah, he was. I mean, you had to you had to go at least check him out, and once you did, you you saw what what Utah was looking at, and you know, obviously the the Barton lineage. Um, yeah, he he also had a a good intimate knowledge of the scheme of the the things that utah does so he kind of had a, a jump start on that right being cody's little brother they mm-hmm. trained together throughout the offseason so when you're a when you're a freshman or a true freshman going into your first season and you have the the privilege to train full-time with an nfl linebacker who started at the school that you're going to there's really not a replication of that there's no way to uh, have that kind of uh, that kind of preparation, and for Lander, it paid off. Obviously, the the freshman defensive player of the year in the conference, and probably a, a future All Pac-12 player. And yeah, I mean, the future's really bright at the linebacker position for Utah, and, and frankly, just the whole defense. If you look at what they have yeah. coming back next year, and then what they have coming back from missions next year, 
and then the recruits they're bringing in next year, that defense is – it was good this year. It took mm-hmm. some time, but it became, you know, a top 15, top 20 defense. The next two or three years, JT, mark my words. You can you can screenshot okay. this one. This will be a top five defense again in, in college football as we go into the next two two or three years. I like it, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, Porter, last thing I want to hit on quickly because I know you have to leave us here in a second. Just speak to the recruiting job this coaching staff has done and even more just the future overall of this Utah roster. You, you get Spencer Fano away from schools like Clemson, Michigan, Oregon, and then you – I mean, we kind of expected his brother. It was kind of funny. His brother committed right after I had recorded yesterday's episode, so we weren't able to talk about that exactly. But still, just the position this Utah team is in recruiting-wise, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you got to capitalize on, on the exposure, the wins, right? Yep. Kyle's talked about it a lot this week. There's no recruiting tool that can supplant winning, right? You can go out on the road. You can be in these living rooms. Um, you can, you know, you can have these charismatic coaches like Sharif Shaw that are out there giving the pitches. But if you're not winning, all of that lands hollow. And all of that has a, a, a lesser effect on, on these kids and on these recruits. So once you win a back-to-back Pac-12 championship, you got to strike while they are irons hot, and that's exactly what Utah is doing. Uh, you mentioned the the local kids, the Fano brothers. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few others, right? Utah looks like they're in good position to land five or six of the top ten players in the state of Utah. Um, a, a few kids outside of the the Utah footprint as well. You get Lavani Demuni out of Stanford, who was an All Pac-12 yes. performer last season. When you're All Pac-12 at Stanford. With what they had going on, that means you're doing something right. Lavani was phenomenal this year, and, and especially that game in Salt Lake. He's he's a monster with some local ties, um, so so comes in with with Pac-12 ready production there. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're really hitting it hard on the on the recruiting trail and and kind of making sure that these wins pay off in the long run and and not just here in December and January. And yeah, man, I, I look at these these recruiting classes. I think right now Utah's sitting at 26. Yeah, that's about as high as they've ever been when it comes to recruiting classes. I mean, you look at the development that happens in that locker room and in that building. Once you start getting recruiting classes that are top 30, right? Mm-hmm. We're used to them being 35, 40. That's kind of where Utah lives. Yeah. If Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally and, and and that strength and conditioning staff can start landing top 20 recruiting classes. <laughs> it's a great point they've already been a problem without it and man it just gets you fired up to be a you just like we're always fired up to have you on the pod porter appreciate you coming on make sure you guys check out at lars underscore espn 700 on social media i'm sure you got a fun a ton ton of excuse me ton of fun stuff coming up in preparation for the rose bowl right porter i, I mean all day every day right here on the station if you, if you tune in we're we're probably talking utah football some jazz stuff some rsl but Leading up to January 2nd, especially, uh, it's going to be, yeah, a lot of college football talk. And then, uh, as you mentioned, on the day of the Rose Bowl, yeah, we'll be we'll be live from Pasadena all day long. That's so fun. looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, you can you can find the, all the stuff online or in our podcast space, uh, space or yeah, I post everything to Twitter, too. So that's a, always a good place to, to get it all. At Lars underscore ESPN. Make sure you guys give him a follow. Porter, always great having you on the show. Once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you, JT.
All righty. Once again, thanks to Porter. And we're going to close this one out in a second with some thoughts on the Stanford situation right now, which you got Jason Garrett kind of looming there in the background in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but interest rates and inflation, they're both on the rise, as if we hadn't noticed, right? Well, here's some good news. UCCU can help you use this current rise in rates to your advantage. For a limited time, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high ABY of 4.00%. What's a savings certificate? Is that like a savings account? A savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time, but here's the difference. Saving accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals, but a savings certificate, you just make one deposit and let your money grow and grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? Let's just say a lot higher. For a limited time, UCCU once again offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%, and they have a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. Visit uccu.com to learn more and get a savings certificate today. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty, coming in to close this one out. So Jason Garrett, rumored for Stanford. If you know, it feels like, and look, there's other coaches in the running as well. Shout out to Sac State um, head coach. They're currently going on a great run in the FCS playoff. Coach Taylor, I believe it is, is a, um, his, what his squad's able to do. Maybe he'll end up getting the job and I'd be fired up to him. Shout out Big Sky. But it just feels like if Garrett wants it, it's going to end up to him. I don't know. I just feel like Stanford's the kind of place where it usually does seem like with the position they're in, it's going to end up being a bigger name. And I just feel like it makes a lot of sense in Jason Garrett. And I think a lot of people will be quick to bash Jason Garrett um, for his lack of success with the Cowboys in the postseason. But he had a lot of regular season success. And if you can have regular season success in the Pac-12, that gives you an opportunity to play for a Pac-12 championship game. So personally, like I'm sure, I mean, this is locked on Utah, right? How does this impact Utah? I think it could. I really think Jason would be a good hire here. And I'd how can he relate to college kids with NIL and the way everything's working out? Can he draw up excitement in that program? That's what I don't know. But I say, I'll tell you this. I just feel like if you hire a former NFL head coach, especially one who coached the Dallas Cowboys, led them on some really good seasons too. Um, Jerry Jones's buddy. I don't know if Jerry would necessarily be funding the Cardinal. He already dumps a ton of money into the Razorbacks. But either way, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'd get a little something from his uh, his buddy. Although I know. Jerry's not exactly in good standings with everyone right now, as he should not be based on what's starting to come out about him. But I feel like this would be a good move for Stanford, and it's going to be interesting to see if it happens. We know what Dion and Colorado are already starting to build, and we know there's going to be a lot more recruits and transfers looming in for them. So I think it'd be smart, and I think this would really be a good hire for the Cardinal if they go with him. Or as I mentioned, Coach Taylor, Sac State, who's done a phenomenal job and I think would be able to build something too. So I think both Stanford and Colorado are teams Utah is going to have to worry about in the future. Colorado a lot sooner because I think Dion's rebuild is going to be really quick because he's just going to be able to add those recruits, but something interesting to monitor. All right. Last thing I want to close about with this is Utah basketball. By the time you guys are listening to this, the Utes will have taken on Jacksonville state in this one. Jacksonville state is four and four Utes. They're seven and two. Um, I feel very good about Utah in this game. I think they're going to get another win, but let's just talk about the Utah men's basketball program for a second. The state's in right now. I think the thing that's got me really encouraged about this team and we had a uh, running, running hoops on earlier this week to talk about it. It's just that mix of youth and veterans that they currently have. Veterans. Brandon Carlson, been here for three years. Marco Anthony, won a national championship with Virginia forever forever ago when that was. Guy like Raleigh Wooster, who's played college basketball for a few years now. And then you look at the young talent. Will Exact, Kaba, guys like Stefanovic starting to grow and get better too. And Gabe Madsen, this, even the things he's starting to be able to do. I really like that mix of veterans and youth. I think those are a lot of times where you see the best teams. And I'm not saying this Utah team is going to be one of the three best teams in the conference, but do I? I mean, I picked, predicted them to go sixth. 
And after the loss to uh, Sam Houston, didn't feel great about that, but hey, Sam Houston is not a bad team. We're starting to learn too. So not a terrible loss, let's say, but whenever you beat a team like Arizona and then just winning games, road games in conference play is very difficult to do. And especially when Brandon Carlson fouls out. And that's what this Utah team was able to do against Washington State. So got to give them a ton of credit for being able to gut and get that one out too. So got to be feeling good about where this Utah men's basketball team is at. And quickly, got to be feeling great about where the women's basketball team is at. Still undefeated, continue to make some big time plays. I By the time we record on Monday for Monday's show, they will have played BYU in uh, basketball. So that one will be fun to look at and react to. And based on the position that BYU women's team is in, a uh, new head coach over there, some new pieces, new players. I feel good about the Utes being able to beat the beat their rivals in that one and get another win. And it's just incredible, the co- program that Coach Lynn Roberts has built too, where she has a similar – they actually don't even have the veterans. They're just young and really good. Alyssa Peely is kind of the one, I guess, that stands out. I believe she's only a junior. But, um, man, just so many young, talented um, sophomores and juniors on that Utah women's basketball team where the future for them is so bright too. And I have a feeling they're going to finish this season ranked. I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the Pac-12. I think they're going to find themselves in the tournament again, and it won't be because of some crazy late NCAA tournament run, which felt like really cemented their stat. I feel like going into the tournament, they're going to be in. Now, for the men's team, I feel like they're going to have to win a couple games to get into the tournament because, as we mentioned, I just don't see them being towards the top of the conference. But, hey, they're going to have a shot and be in that position, which is all you can ask for. So it's going to be a fun winter because you know what else is tomorrow night? Is the Red Rocks preview. Utah Gymnastics coming back. So we'll be having Sammy Moore on sometime next week to kind of talk about and react to what we saw from the Red Rocks and what they were able to do because we know this is Utah in terms of national rankings. This is Utah's best program is the women's gymnastics team at the moment, what they're able to do selling out the Huntsman center. It's incredible. It's incredible what the support this team gets and it's well-deserved too, because they are phenomenal athletes and do can do incredible things on the beam bar mat and for all of that, just phenomenal what they're able to do. So we're going to be breaking down all the winter sports as well as, of course, football recruiting on next week's Locked On Utes. Utes could be picking up some big-time transfers, so we'll make sure to keep an eye on that if they are able to add any other ones because, hey, when you're coming off back-to-back Pac-12 championships and you have a stable program, you're going to be able to add some big-time recruits, and we know the Utes are already doing it, and big-time transfers and signing day quickly approaching. So it may be there may be no football games going on right now, but there's still a lot to talk about as it relates to this Utah Athletic Department. So make sure you guys keep it here at Locked On Utes. But if you are in the market for a second listen every day make sure you guys check out locked on sports today the take of the day biggest game recaps the biggest stories in sports it's all covered on locked on sports today available on youtube odyssey or wherever you get your podcast want to thank you guys again for helping us to reach those over 650 subscribers you guys support me so much to me and everyone else at the locked on Utes with the locked on network so thank you again for supporting our show and i hope all of you have a wonderful weekend enjoy army navy if you're looking to get your football fix in and as always go Utes and have a fantastic weekend